everybody. Welcome to the show. You know where you are, the nine at nine with me, Tigo. And today our good buddy Jennifer Hammond is here. You know, she's got to come in and tell us what's going on with real estate. But we really want to talk about like what are the three success habits, things realtors should be doing in this crazy economy. So she's here. So sit right there. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Yeah, you heard me right. It's time for our in-house real estate expert to kind of help us shine a light on what should realtors be doing right now in this crazy economy. Hey, Jennifer, are you out there? Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. How are you? How are you? <laughs> I'm great. I'm fantastic. I got to tell you, though, this real estate market, boy, it's topsy-turvy. You know, we thought for sure, like at the beginning of this market, it was so hot, hot, hot with multiple offers. And now this real estate market, oh, has it changed. It is so different than it was. It is now coming to a buyer's market. But still, we got high interest rates. We got some really interesting challenges because we still have low inventory in a lot of places. But that inflation, it is crazy going up, 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 up. So as real estate agents, we have to be sure sharp. And so today we're going to talk about those three secrets. Yay! To success. All right. All right. <laughs> so what are the three secrets? Because I know you're practicing them. So what are the three secrets to success in real estate for real to right now? Right now, one of the key things is communication. And this, you might just think, oh my gosh, that everybody communicates, right? Well, there's three parts of it. And so I know we just said there's three things, but let's talk about communication and break it down into three parts. Number one, not enough communication. <gasps> this happens all the time. You don't communicate. So like, for instance, Tigo, if you're selling a house and you don't ever hear from your realtor, it goes week after week. Oh, wow. And you don't hear anything. And all you're doing is watching the news. That's horrible. And that happens. It's bad. Bad, 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 bad. Wow. Bad behavior. And then number two is too much communication. <laughs> You also have the realtor who's like text messaging you and emailing you and, and doing way too much communication. And then one of the things is about that is you have to really feel what are people interested in? Are they interested in a once a week update? Are they interested in, you know, getting a daily update? Are they wanting it on the hour? You know, we call that the ASAP. Who on the hour. <laughs> on the hour, literally. And I've had clients who want that on the hour. They're really interested wow. in getting that kind of updates because they don't want to miss a thing. They don't want to miss a new listing that came out or miss a hot deal. So you have to make sure that you are in the same um, communication as they are. And then number three, when we have three parts of the communication, is what kind of communication are you communicating uh -huh. with them in the right way like you and i like are you going to communicate with me via text message i have right i have clients who are downright offended if i text message them and then i also have Ooh. other ones who like say to me if you call me you better not even leave me a voicemail and if you call me it better be an emergency otherwise i expect a text message or an email <laughs> wow Good grief. I mean, so 
when you're dealing with this kind of stuff, I mean, this economy is going, oof, I just watched the news the other day and they were talking about a mini recession and I'm going, how can you be in a mini recession next year? And they're saying, it's not going to last long. It's just a mini recession. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, I believe that. How do you handle that? How do you shift from, oh, I'm dealing with all these offers and I, you know, I just can like put a house out there today and it's gone tomorrow to, wait a minute, what do you mean we have no offers today? We have no offers this week. How do you handle that emotionally? Because that's got to be crazy for you. Because you guys work on commission. It is. It's so crazy. But the biggest thing is you have to stick to the facts. How many listings okay. are? What what are the what is the actual market update? Meaning how many um how many how much is sold for half a million? How much is sold for, you know, in the 250 range or over a million? You need to really look at the facts of what's happening in your market. Because like like you okay. might say inflation is tied to what are you going to measure it by? By how much a gas, a gallon of gas costs? Or like as a real estate agent, you need to know your market and not what the headlines are saying. You need to know how many markets are, how many houses are on the market in this neighborhood versus that neighborhood in this price range mm -hmm. versus that price range. If you don't know the data, if you don't know the facts in your neighborhood, then you're not actually be able to communicate the truth. So is it a recession? Or is that just mm. a whole lot of the, the news Hype. trying to make it more than it is? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And does it change according to like, is this across the country? Yeah. Or is it just, you know, on the East Coast, on the West Coast, is mid is the Midwest fine? Well, this is what I tell you is it changes neighborhood to neighborhood. So, yes, the West Coast is different from the East Coast in the fact that it's it's very important to know, like even in Washington, D.C., you know, whether you're talking about DuPont Circle neighborhood or Capitol Hill neighborhood, those are very different markets. And so you need Mm -hmm. sure that you are actually looking at those different markets and looking at them for how many new houses have come on, how many went under contract in a week, how many of them it took over 30 days. Look at the actual data. So you're comparing apples to apples. So then if you go out to San Francisco and you look, well, what about this neighborhood versus the next neighborhood? Maybe it's a waterfront mm -hmm. neighborhood. And you actually, again, are looking at how many houses are coming on the market. What prices ranges are they coming on? How fast do they get an offer? Are there multiple offers? Those statistics in those neighborhoods, and quite frankly, it's the most recent. You know, what is it? Janet Jackson says, what have you done for me lately? What have you done for me yeah. lately? The same thing. In that market, you know, what is your real estate agent? What have they done for you? Have they given you the most updated? Today, it's the daily updates. Did you find out today we got seven new houses that went under contract in this neighborhood? Do they know that? What price ranges are they in? Anyway, all of this is critical to being able to kind of go through the highs and the lows of whether it's a mini reception, a huge recession, whether you're going into a depression or what's Girl, happening. Let's not even use the D word. <laughs> no D word. <laughs> let's not use the D word. Okay. So number one, communication, and that has three parts. What's number, number two? Number two before is, Alex ask, cuts yeah, us off. before he cuts it off, ask. So this is what we're kind of tired of talking about this is the daily, is you need to daily be talking to your neighbors, your friends, and actually asking, ask, ask, ask for the business. Because people, you just, a lot of times realtors just assume, well, they know I'm a realtor. They'll just contact me. No, you need to ask, ask, ask. So that's number two. So number one is communication. There were three parts of it. Number two is ask, ask, ask. You need to ask all of your neighbors, everybody for that business. Ask for the business. Don't just assume they're just going to send it to you. And number three, most important, 
get a mentor. Every one of us Ooh. has a mentor and not to have a mentor at this point. Cause this is when people go, oh, I can't afford a mentor. I, it's just going to be too expensive. And I got to tell you, and I know Tigo, you have mentors. We all have mentors. Yeah. Every single one of I, Elon Musk, he has mentors. Everybody has mentors, right? I wonder who Elon Musk's mentor is. Probably Santa. No, he's got <laughs> mentors. I know. Are, isn't it true that, you know, the homeowners may be thinking it's not the right time to go on the market because they are talking recession and all that. So maybe that realtor can go in there and kind of ease their mind and their stresses too, right? And the only way that you do that, you're absolutely right, Tigo. The only way that you do that is with real information. So to go into that seller's home and to tell them that it's not a recession or it is a recession, you actually have to know the numbers of that particular neighborhood, that market. And what, what's happening, you know, as I was saying today, but you need to know like what things are going under contract. Are they having offers today? But also what's happened in the last 30 days, the last 90 days, this this is not a time when you can go, oh, well, we'll look back six months ago because six months ago, completely a different market. World. Yeah. Yeah. It was a different world. And then trying to project from here what's going to happen six months from now, you pretty much can't do that either mm. because it's nothing. The norm is gone. Yeah. Right. No norm. No more norms. All we got to do is keep taking it day by day and look at all the indicators in the market. And there are so many indicators and you just got to be the best. Again, I always think about it as a real estate agent. You need to be the best version of yourself. Don't feel like you're competing with people. This is the time to be collaborating with people. Find out how can you help each other. Lend a helping hand. Do not just get into competition mode, but you can always be a better version of yourself. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for hanging out with me today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yay! Awesome. So sit right there. We'll be right back. If you're watching right now, you know we got an amazing expert coming up today. But this expert is a superhero. Hmm. Now, what did I mean by that? Guess what? Sit right there. We'll be right back. Hey, yeah, you heard me right. Superhero. Well, let's just say she's on a superhero journey. Valerie David is here. The Pink Hulk. Mm -hmm. Hi. What's happening, Valerie? Hi. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Thank you so much for being here. Okay, we got to kick it off because I said you're a superhero and I know you're on the superhero journey, but the Pink Hulk, hmm, what's that mean? Yes, the Pink Hulk is one woman's journey to find the superhero within. And it's my one woman show, award-winning show that I 
done all over the United States and in Europe, in Iceland, Finland, Sweden, and England. And it's my chronicling of my inspirational, motivational journey of becoming a three-time cancer survivor. First of uh, lymphoma and then breast cancer and then breast cancer again, stage four metastatic breast cancer with no evidence of disease. So it's, it's, and I want people out there to know that we all have a superhero inside of ourselves and we have that inner superhero to fight any adversity in life, not just cancer. And that's why the show has resonated because it's more than just cancer. It's about fighting back any challenges and having hope. And the last line of my show is never, ever, ever give up. And that's the that's message amazing. that we have for this show. You know, we've had um, my business partner and best friend, we lost her to breast cancer. We've had breast cancer around us, some kind of cancer around us for, for years and years and years. And the hardest thing of all of it, besides the chemo and that red devil, the hardest thing of all of it is keeping the mind right. You know, how do you do it? How do you keep your mind focused on the goal of getting better and getting back to you? Well, I think the greatest thing that's helped me is empowering myself. And I want to tell people out there to be your own best patient advocate. Uh, mm-hmm. Speak up, uh, you know, make sure you have a team of doctors around you that believe in your survival and that they are behind you 100%. And I've been very lucky with that, having family and friends rally around you, the doctors. And I also say to never, ever feel ashamed to get help. And I think that, you know, and I know for myself, you know, I I have this Hulk Hulk persona, the superhero beyond DC and Marvel. I have my own superhero squad. And, you know, even the pink Hulk gets frustrated and down. But, you know, I, I think the important thing, especially in these times, is to ask for help and 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 say, you know, if I'm hurting, let people know and people are there to help you. And I think the most important thing is to realize that whenever there's a bump in the road, the the bump smooths out and the road will be smooth again. And I think having that inside of you, knowing that this too shall pass. And I think for me, that being my own best patient advocate was speaking up. And this is part of the show that I was allergic to one of the chemo drugs and I couldn't breathe. And I kept, I was like, this isn't right. This isn't normal. And I remember my doctor was like, oh, we'll get you to a pulmonologist to check the breathing. And it never happened. And I called up uh, the doctor's office and I made the appointment. I said, are you open today? Because it was New Year's Eve day, uh, New Year's Eve day. and And they're like, Uh, Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm coming over. I didn't even ask for an appointment. I just came there and just sat there. And I was like, I'm going to be seen. And it turned out that when I got a series of tests done, that I was allergic to the drug and they took me off the drug. So I think it's really important to speak up. And also we know that uh, bankruptcy happens with a lot of uh, health care bills and the out-of-pocket expenses and health mm-hmm. insurance not covering everything. And I also had a bill, twice I had a huge bill, and I called up the finance department of the hospital and they said, oh, we'll put you on a payment plan. And I said, um, no, I'd like these bills to be pardoned. <laughs> they pardon the bills. So you have to- Wow, I didn't know they do that. They do that. See, Tigo, wow. they do that. 
you just have to speak up. And, you know, it's also good to have someone come with you to appointments and write down notes, um, you know, find, um, I think meditation has been so wonderful to me. And there's a free meditation app that uh, I use that's uh, called Insight Timer. And there are many other apps out there like Calm. Mm -hmm. But I feel like meditating has really helped a lot. And for me, Tigo, I have to get checked every six weeks for the rest of my life. So uh, though I have no evidence of disease, I have to be monitored. So how do I cope with every six weeks coming into the doctor's office, getting the appointment, getting the lab work done, and then I have to get a PET scan every six months for the rest of my life. But you know wow. what? I, that's part of who I am. That's, that's just the way it is. And I have a choice right? I have that choice mm -hmm. to say, oh, oh, I've got my appointment, you know, or do I say I'm gonna, you know, take the bull by the horns, take go to my appointment. Um, and just what what whatever comes, you know, just do the best that I can, but to get myself mentally ready for these appointments, and knowing that I have that choice uh, to, to either fold or blossom. And I choose to blossom. You know, and that brings up others. a question. Yeah, that brings up a question because, you know, I, like I said, I've had people around me for decades that have been fighting cancer, going through cancer. And one of the things I notice is, you know, you have this tendency, they have this tendency to want to shut all the doors and go dark and just pull away from everything. And you are not only out there, but you're on stages, you're traveling all over the world. You're, you're truly out there. What, do you, what advice do you give to people who say, you know what, I'm fighting cancer right now. I'm just going to shut everything down and just sit in front of my television and wait for my next chemo appointment. What do you tell people to get them out of that funk? Absolutely. And thank you for bringing that up. That's an excellent question. Uh, I have talkbacks after the shows, and that's where I talk about those uh, coping mechanisms. And I also coach as well and help people and work with cancer organizations. I would say to not shut that door keep those doors open and find funny things, watch funny movies, watch mm -hmm. funny TV shows, do something you love, pick up a hobby, whether it's knitting or start reading books, you know, start um, like I, I love improv. And even while I was in treatment, Tigo with, you know, in between chemos. And when I felt well enough, I actually performed improv with a scarf on my head and no hair. You know, I just do things that you love and don't let, things stop you. You know, if you can just find something you love to do and do it, paint, write, uh, do improv, find a physical activity that gets your mind off of things, reach out for help. There's a plenty of support groups from uh, support groups and one-on-one -on -one counseling that's out there for all cancer patients. So I think that if you just keep that positive mindset, meditate, and I still do that. I meditate twice a day. So just to, to keep that positive attitude and keep positive people around you, that's also things. So sit right there. We'll be right back. And as always, we got great experts, but today we're gonna to talk about something that's close to my heart, but in an entirely different way. Today, we're gonna to talk about syndication. But in my case, it's not about television. Hmm. Dr. Waz here. 
sit right there. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Yep, you heard me right. We're going to talk about syndication, but we're not talking about television. And that's the syndication I know. So what is Dr. Wah talking about when she says multifamily syndication? Hey, doctor, are you out there? Hey, hey, Tigo. Multifamily syndication? <laughs> Where are you going with this, doc? <laughs> I know most people have don't haven't heard about multifamily syndication. It's like a hidden little... Uh, yeah. But multifamily syndication, that's apartment investing. So multifamily and syndication Uh, just means that a group of investors can passively invest alongside our group or an experienced team and leverage them to do all the work. So it's like real estate done for you. Wow. (laughs) And it's a bunch of investors pulling money together so you can buy a larger, bigger apartment, you know, property. And that's really what multifamily syndication is. So wait, that's a real thing. It's like, I've heard of multi-door. I've talked with real estate investors and and people, contractors, and they talk about multi-door investments all the time. But usually it's them, you know, it's their company or their development firm, and they're creating this giant apartment complex or condominium, you know, area or something. But you're talking about being able to invest like in a group. Correct. So- Every individual, wow. right? So you, you drive by on the highway, you see these nice apartments, two, 300 units. You're like, there's no way I could ever have ownership in a property mm-hmm. like that, right? And then mm-hmm. you think, well, who do you think owns a lot of these? Would you believe that the average Joe, like most of us, can actually own a lot of these? You know? No, you're making that up. It's through the, <laughs> it's through the power of syndication that you can have part oh. ownership in these big properties right? And um, have your money work for you. And that's the beauty of these multifamily syndication. I'm like, no one taught me this. <laughs> yeah, I've never even heard of this before. So how do you do that? I mean, you can't just walk on the, you know, the grounds and say, hey, can I invest in unit one and three? You know, <laughs> I know you're already building it, but can I throw my $5 in? I mean, yeah. how do you actually do that? Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, with these, you don't even ever get to see these investment opportunities. Majority of people will never have the opportunity to invest in a class like this because they just don't know people who are actively doing it. And so it's really in order to even get these because they're not publicly advertised, you know, Um, and some of them may be through crowdfunding and different platforms or funds. But to have a person that you can connect with, get educated and have a an actual touch point where you have questions and if you want to just call them up, that's a different story to have a one-on-one like, okay, I'm investing with this person and their team. I have questions. I get to see all the transparent financials directly from the management company. An investor has direct access to all the financials, every dollar that goes in, every dollar that goes out, what's being done on the property because they're a limited partner. And so they get transparent money in and out every single month and then you have to know a sponsor or a syndicator and that's what Jaime and I are the syndicators we connect people with these investment opportunities and unless you know us personally you don't get access to these type of investment opportunities going what am I going to do next and they're going they're sitting there and they're looking they're going that's perfect but how much do they need to make that initial investment are you talking six figures seven figures how much do they need to be an investor in a group in a syndicated 
group right. like that. So most syndications, like for us and most people out there who syndicate, it's 50000 minimum is what the usual buy-in is. You know, it can range. Oh, lunch from, money. Yeah. So 50, a, couple of gas, a couple of gallons of gas, basically, <laughs> right now. <laughs> so it's fifty to 75000 There are platforms where you can do a smaller amount, say five to 10000 or even as small as, you know, those are crowdfunding platforms. But you're not going to get a direct point of access to a person who's running the project. You're not going to get detailed financials. You'll get high level, like what's going on. But you're not going to get direct access of all the numbers to go visit the property on site because you're part of the owner. You know, you're not going to have that type of access when it's an online or crowdfunding type platform. But when you go a personalized project like this, it is a little bit higher to get in. But most people don't even know that, hey, I have 50 grand or I can use my retirement funds. I have 401k or self-directed IRA money that you can actually utilize some of that for investing in and diversify your portfolio out. And so a lot of people don't know that they can do that. So can you have multiple investments going on multiple projects at the same time? Like, is there a limit to how much you can do? And if somebody does have higher, they're like, no, I've got, you know, a half a million dollars. What do I do with the doc? Can you do that as well? Yeah, you can do as much. I have, you know, investors who do a few million. I have some that started 50. So it's a wide range of depending on what their goals are. Because a lot of people, sometimes it's cash flow. Some people just want, hey, I don't care about the cash flow. I just want to appreciate in three to five years. You sell it. I get my big chunk. And some people, it's really taxation. And some people are like, they're super wealthy and they have a tax problem. And they come to us, hey, can you help us with the tax benefits? Because multifamily is this big tax. Uh, it's We call it cost seg study. And so it's appreciated depreciation. And so you get all of that in the first year. And so most asset classes don't get that. And that's why the multifamily space has been such a hot pocket once people got understand how it works. And they talk to their CPA and they strategize their situation. A lot of people are now getting more into the space once they get educated and know how it works. See, do y'all see now why she's our now honors businesswoman of the year for 2022? <laughs> she rocks. That's why she's our now honors businesswoman of the year. Um, okay. <laughs> So you, do you need licensing? Are you talking about real estate? Do you need to be a real estate broker, a real estate agent, a real estate mortgage broker, any of that stuff? Or can you just be the average Joe, you know, like Tigo can come and say, hey, doc, which I'm probably going to do. Right. Hey, doc, how do I jump in? Can, can right. anybody do it? And so with the passive investing, you don't have to have any licensing. There's two types of investment classes that the SEC, which is Securities Exchange Commission, there's a 506B and a 506C. A 506B is majority of what we do, and a 506B means you don't have to be an accredited investor. You don't have to show us your financials. You don't have to show us anything. Um, all we need to know is we have to actually have a conversation with you. We have to have a relationship with you in order for you to invest in our opportunities, or you have to be referred in by someone who we establish and know and trust. And so you don't have now, if it's a 506C, then yes, we will check if you're an accredited investor. You have to have an income criteria uh, to be considered a, an accredited investor, but no licensing, no real estate, you know, things like that. But we like to educate people before they invest with us. That's, that's key. You are the best. Hey, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this, this interview. I hope you'll be back next time. And as always, I'm Tigo. I'll talk to you next time.